And then if you write down all the GABAs that fail and all of the variables that go with it, if you track them, the volume was this, the float was this, the filing said this, the news was this, the sector is this. If you do that for every stock that gaps above 25%, 25% what you're going to find is in a month, you can look at that data and say, wow, wow, look at some of the ones with this news ran, but the ones with yeah. this news didn't run. And the ones with this volume and this float, they ran. And but in this volume and this sector somehow went, and this volume and this sector doesn't. And you start picking things up, and then all of a sudden, before you know it, you're like, I've saw seven of this type of stock run. Yes, yes. So the eighth one probably is going to run. You're listening to the Steady Trade Podcast. A podcast that inspires traders to make meaningful strides and pursue their passions. Your hosts are Tim Bowen, the lead trainer at Stocks to Trade Pro, Kim Ann Curtin, the Wall Street coach, and Steven Johnson, the up-and-coming trader who's always willing to learn. Together, we'll sit down with experts to talk about their process, the lessons they've learned, and discuss how all traders can level up their trading careers. Welcome to the Steady Trade Podcast, the very first podcast where Kim is a, another year older, and that's a new podcast for her being in, in a new year, and, and it's me being back in Newcastle in the United Kingdom, so I might get that, that twang back to me accent, um, and it's also a pretty unique episode because we're going to reference some material here, and we're also going to have a, one or two attachments to give away, so there's a free giveaway um, of material to help you study more effectively. And Kim is a busy, busy woman, busy working woman. But it's true. So when she gets the time to study, it needs to be effective. Yes. So I'm going to take you through kind of some of the most effective ways I've, I've learned how to study stacks. Stacks. You're stacks. Tough how do you say it in New York? Is that York? an American version? Stocks. New York. New York. Stocks. <laughs> How's it going? It's going really good. How about you? Uh, yeah, like I say, I'm. I'm. Uh, you would have saw the last episode with Tim Bourne. I'm off the back of flights from Dubai to England, living English life. And just to tell you very quickly, and we'll get into it, but I miss the culture, the heritage, the the personalities, the community yeah. vibes. Uh, Dubai's yeah. good, but it's only got the sun. That's that's yeah. A bit of glitz, and it's got the sun, but it's, that's that. They're the main things. Doesn't have heart. You know what I mean? The UK is a special place. I, I've been fortunate to spend a lot of time there. I have a lot of dear friends. My closest friend is Jill Ross, who is still living uh, there. And I have to say, every time I've gone to England, it was really hard to leave. It was really hard to leave. Wow. You haven't been to Newcastle, or not yet. It, no, I haven't. Did I go to Newcastle? I did go to a couple of obscure. I remember seeing thatched covered roofs. My friend, uh, Lee Watkins and Jill, we drove to his mom's house and I was like, oh my God, you actually have thatched covered roofs on houses. It was like <laughs> an amazing thing. I thought that was just like in the old movies. No, no, I think mine, mine's like that as well. But it's, um... just, it's a beautiful place. So I'm happy you're home. I think... Uh, it just seems to be making you happy, so that's good. No, no, so far so good, and it's very, very, very cheap, yeah, which means the trading profits go a lot further, a lot longer, and a lot further. But good. 
I've been at this game pretty much full, well, full-time trading now, so it's crazy. So I've just kind of transitioned to full-time trading. So I thought it was a good, relevant, poignant, on the money, tip of the iceberg, on the nail, on the head. Time <laughs> to... How many um, more metaphors can you come up with? <laughs> All in one. Time. <laughs> I, no, I can't even another one. Um, <laughs> it's the golden circle, maybe. I don't know. Um, that's the end of the black hole anyway um, (laughs) it's time for me what were the most effective study traits to get profitable because one thing I'll always know about Tim Sykes is he's always talking about studying how much time are you studying you've got to study a ton ton and tons and tons but the first question everyone gets like if they're not part of his paid for course or the challenge or whatever First question a lot of people ask was, study what? I am ready, I'm motivated, you've motivated me, but study what? So yeah. I really wanted to just yep. take people through some techniques. It's great. And ways and I, and, what's and I, it's going to help me. It's going to help me because I have been so busy just with coaching clients that I haven't been able to study just for the last couple of months. And even now I'm kind of mixed up about which way do I go back to listening to his uh, recordings, do I go back uh, into reading uh, the the book? You know that Jamil wrote, like and yeah. Tim wrote. Like, what? How do, how do I? Where do I begin? So, what what is your advice around that? If somebody has um, limited amounts of time, where should they be putting? Their yeah, effort? I mean, I, I always think the best way to the best way to learn is to do, and I've always thought that. And don't don't do it with a lot of money because that's I didn't even do it with a lot of money and I still went down 18 grand 16 grand something like that the best way to do it is to do it really 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 small um yeah. but but before you do you've kind of got to know what you're doing so like say I mean a good way to a good way to add some structure and to facilitate this podcast and someone's learning process would be to let's map out a, let's map out a year and and this won't be spot on we're doing it off the cuff but yeah. say no month zero to two of when you're getting, getting into it you don't re, you, you just have to watch like video lessons and and if there's if you can get your hands on any kind of dvd trader checklist was great i know tim sykes is right now he's got some 80 dollar course i don't know if that'll still be available but it's it's basically a 30 day introduction but you have to watch some sort of introductory guides and courses yeah. or lessons exactly like trailer checklist because the first thing that you need to do before anything is to know the variables yeah. that, that form a good trade. And the Steady to Trade podcast, we actually go through all of them. So if you don't want to yeah. pay for it, it's actually free. There's a series on the video section. When did we do that? We did that in, in introduction to the variables almost a year ago, you think? You think yeah, it's, it's about 11 ago? months ago, yeah. It was like, a, it was five parts, four parts, five parts? Yeah, I think it was like a pretty much a, a main news series, but, but would well, you, no matter would you what recap we learn them. Yeah, yeah, I mean, look, you, okay. can, you can go back. The Tim Sykes' month course, I'm sure will outline them. Trade a checklist outlines them. We've outlined them on, on Steady Trade. Um, if you watch different people's YouTube videos, like on Stocks to Trade, you'll catch them, but I'll just remind people so they know what they're looking for. You have to know what moves a stock because that's what you're doing. I mean, we're ultimately mm. buying and selling stocks. So if, you, if you're buying it or selling it or shorting it or covering it, you need to know what's going to make it move because if you know what makes it move and 
then you know how much you can potentially move. And then if you know how much you can potentially move up or move down, then you start figuring out the opportunities of when you want to buy and when you want to sell or when you want to sell and when you want to short. So the things that impact or influence a stock to make it move is number one, the volume, because how many people are buying and selling is, is really important. The daily chart is two because it's, is the chart a good chart? Is it a bad chart? If it's a good, it'll be ascending, 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 and there's more chance it's going to go higher. If it's a bad chart, like a lot of micro caps, it's going lower and lower and lower. Um, so you've got volume, the daily chart. You need to really be considering the float. Is it a high float? Is it a low float? Because if it's a high float, it's going to take more volume for it to move. If it's a low float, it's going to take less volume to move. The lower floats can be more volatile, where the higher floats a bit more boring in the, in the mid-cap, high-cap uh, land of Facebook and Twitter and VA and, and uh, the slightly more volatile higher real companies are the likes of Tesla right now after it's split and, and Netflix. And then we need to know would, what's the would news. You, can, I, can I ask what? just one question there about the float? Well, do you think somebody who is not, do you, do you feel that that's easy to spot the high or low float for somebody yeah, who's no, new? Yeah, no, for sure. Because it's just, I mean, I actually have a program that I use. I've just started using it called flash-sec.com and flash like site-sec.com. And they load all of the SEC filings and the load the float for you. So you wow. can immediately say, oh, the float is 10 million, but wow. 50% is owned by the institution. So it's only 5 million. And then it's got all wow. of the dilution saying the company is planning on diluting all of its stock customers by this amount. So you remember the SEC filings and stuff? Totally. I you mean, I remember us talking You've got to go through all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like on flush.sec.com, you just type the ticket and it tells you uh, this company has these warrants at these prices doing this dilution. So that's a really good way to, to know a dilution. But um, ultimately, we're thinking that, like I say, the volume, the float, how, how much it can move. Uh, and then in terms of float, how quickly can it move? Daily how charts. much it can move? What? How much it can move? Just tell um, me more about that. So if you remember volume and float work together, yep. they're like a marriage, right? So high volume, low float, it means it can be extremely volatile because a high volume is a high demand and a low float is no, not much supply, right? So the more demand with the least supply, the more it has potential to really rock it. So if you can imagine, uh, and this is particularly for the, for the newer people, guests, learners, students, um, mm -hmm. if a stock has good news, say like a, a company with a very low float, which means there's a very limited amount of shares. If that stock has really good news, it's cured coronavirus. Everyone wants to buy it. So the volume is going to be really high. Yeah. But the, the float, the supply, what if it's really small because it's a very small company? Yeah. Then the price is going to shoot because everyone wants to buy it. So everyone's, but there's not much available of it. So right. the price goes higher and higher and higher and higher. So the stock goes up and up and up and up because everyone's like, I'll pay anything for this because it's, it's right. so undervalued and there's not much. That's so so you're ridiculous. looking, you're looking for that. You're, you're, that's one of the, that's one of the variables you're looking for because that then potentially helps you determine if that's where you want to go. 
if, if that's the place you say, okay, I think this is potentially valuable. I know there's not a lot of it available. I'm positive this value is going to make the price go high. And that helps you kind of predict what you think is going to potentially take place. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Exactly. But there's two ways of thinking as well. Okay. So you can think, I think this is a great deal, which means every other trader is going to think this is a great deal. Right. Right. Which means all the traders who are short aren't going to short this because it's a good deal. So right. everything becomes like a bullish factor. If everyone yes. thinks it's going to go up, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy and it just goes up. Yeah. Yep. Makes sense. So, yeah. So, I mean, not to go too much in them because we've got episodes on them, but you definitely have yeah. the volume and the float and the work mm-hmm. in, in harmony with one another. The daily and the intraday, which to an extent also work in harmony with one another. Mm-hmm. The news in the SEC filings, which kind of linked together quite closely because how good's the news? What's the actual yeah. background of the company? Is this news going to really change the background of the company? Or is it weak news right. and they've got a lot of dilution? Or is it strong news and they've got no dilution? So the news in the SEC can kind of be paired together. But you need to understand these variables. That's that's what I'd say in, in months zero to three. Get some sort of grip of these variables and how they work and which variables are more important than others in specific times. So the first zero you're saying from the beginning for the first three months, put the focus on understanding these variables, recognizing what the variables look like, the the different iterations or combinations of them. That is the most important thing to learn for the baby traders who are just starting out. I mean, I would say, so I'd be saying, learn what they are and then look at the market and, and just look and say, what do stocks do that trade a hundred million volume in a day? What okay. do stocks do that are low float? What do stocks do that have say news that they're going to, a very bearish news uh, release that I often short as debt consolidation. If any company is consolidating debt and it's up because of it, I generally short it because it's going to come down because all the companies effectively saying is we've consolidated all of, we're a terrible company right now. Right. We're We're, in debt. We're in, we're in a mess. (laughs) We've figured it out. So the stocks always gap off because they're like, look, we've figured it out. But to me, that means you have solved a small problem for now, but it's probably going to be a problem in six months. So it's not totally. really, you've just temporarily patch-holed. You've put yes. patches in like, I this debt consolidated. Yeah, but people get who get in debt, they're in debt for a reason. Do you yes. know what I mean? Agreed, so totally. It's going to take time in years to sort that out. So the yeah. fact that you consolidated your debt is probably just you consolidating your debt before you consolidate your debt again, which we've all done it as yep. humans and businesses are the same. Of course, of course. But you're trying to find the companies that are, hopefully doing things a little better than just the old standby way you want, you want to find. So, yeah. So, I mean, like I say, I learned what the variables mean. So what, and try and think, what are the high volume low floats doing? What if stock Mm -hmm. metrics high volume, 50, 60, 70, 80, hundred million. What, how does it do on the day? Does it finish up? Does it finish? Does it hold its highs? How does a high volume low float do compared to a high volume high float? Um, which news makes a stock run, which news makes a stock gap up and then come down. What news, what news makes a stock gap up and run two or three days. 
And then yeah. what happens when you combine the low floats and the high volumes with the good news compared to the bad news? How does, do you know what I mean? You start I do. watching them. I, all right. So here's a question. So I think part of my challenge is when I have some extra time, there's a part of me that wants to just sit and, you know, how Bowen always says, just watch and sit in the chair and watch the market. And there's a part of me that wants to do that. But then there's also a part of me that feels like I still have to listen probably to Trader Checklist or what's yeah. the other Sykes course that you suggested I there's watch? There's just like some $80, 30 day course and how to make millions. Yeah. But how to make just, millions, right? Yeah. Do I want to take my time and listen to those or read the book? Or do I want to just watch the market? Or do I want, like, you know, it's like, how many hours do you have in a day? And I'm never sure which one. Should I just watch the market? Should I spend my time looking at those variables? Like, it's, it's tricky. It's tricky but, to figure out which to do. You know? No, but I mean, the thing is, though, I mean, watching the market in the early days is, it's, Look, if you open the market up and you're just looking at it thinking, I don't know what I'm looking at, which yeah. I used to do, which I used to do all the time, right? Yeah, I, I, I hope watch, so. No, I used to watch it. I used to watch Trader Checklist or pe the first Penny Stock and DVD and think, ah, no trading me. I've got it. The way Tim Sykes explains it. And, <laughs> he I makes know it sound so on. simple. He I, makes I, it I sound so calm. Like his ability to make it sound like common sense, like go to main yeah. street, make a left, take a right on first Avenue. Like you're yeah. just like, Oh my God, this makes so much sense. And then and you go. walk away from it and you look at the, yeah. and you're just, I was like, Oh my God, this doesn't <laughs> well, look as easy exactly as he made it sound. <laughs> no, no. But, but when he's explaining it, you're like, that totally makes sense what you're saying. So you're saying it's totally. easy. And then you're explaining it and it's and I easily comprehend the explanation. Yes. But then yes. I open the market and think, I don't know what I'm doing at all. <laughs> I don't know anything about what I'm doing. Exactly. I, like this, this, I am not, not even don't know what I'm doing. I'm clueless. I have yeah. no clue. Yeah, totally. That's how I feel. That's how I feel every time. And, and it's confusing because there's that confidence. And, and I don't think, you know, when I think back to what he says, in the course, like, I don't, it's not that I remember him saying per se that it's easy, but what I remember him saying is that if you listen to these variables, yeah. it becomes simple. Like he's saying there's a simplicity to what his kind of methodology is, but I don't think that he's saying it's easy. Like, I think things can be simple and no, not no. easy. No, he says, it's, you know? he, he says it's the hardest thing anyone will ever do. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. See, so anyone can learn it and anyone can learn it. And yeah. if you follow the rules, it's, it's quite easy. Like but it's like me, the rules, keeping track of the rules when you're in the yeah. wild. Yeah. It is, it's, like, it's like reading a camping book. Like I told you, I just went glamping for my birthday. Yeah. And, you know, the pictures on the Airbnb were really beautiful. And then I got there and I was like, Ooh, this is really more camping than glamping. And, and the reality is always different when you're in the wild than in yeah. theory. And that's what I think. Yeah. For the but, I mean, traders, that's yeah, but, I mean, but I mean, I can honestly tell you trading, learning to trade is the hardest thing I've ever had to do ever. Like I've never gone through so many highs and lows and there's someone high and low you trading is not good for me, right? Because <laughs> it makes us even more high and low than I already am. 
Yeah. But um, <laughs> but now it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I went through the most highs and lows I've ever gone through, if anything ever. But yeah. now that I've got it, it's too simple on a day-to-day basis. There's no mental challenge at all. It's yeah. super simple. Like when he explains it, it's super simple. I'm like, yeah, it's super simple. Um, all right. All right. So the first zero to three months, you're saying yeah. get clear on the variables, get clear on the volume, understanding that, understand the daily chart, understand the float, whether it's low or high, understand yeah. or be connected to the news and or the SEC filings. Yeah. Uh, and, and you said get connected to how much the stock can potentially move. Uh, what what would me- we call that? No, but I'll just I'll just say one quick thing. I don't think trading's too yeah. simple. Like you can go two grand down and you're like, what have I done? So it, it gets too simple, then you make a mistake. I just want to add that. Yeah. But but basically, you, the the question was how much do you look at the screen and how much do you study? Yeah. And that's it. And the answer is if you're looking at the screen and you don't know what you're doing, you need to go back to studying more, and then do okay. more studying than that's screen fair. time, and then eventually you'll pick things up slowly. What you once you learn enough, you'll pick things up in the screen. The screen time will get easier and you'll start learning. But just to reference, so the first three months, learn the variables, learn what makes a stock move, get a sense of what you think is making a stock move in certain situations. Is it the volume? Is it the float? Is it the news? Is it the dilution pushing it down? Um, Is it all, could it be all of them? The intraday, yeah. Like if a stock closes at its highs intraday, what does it do on day two? Do you know what I mean? If the stock has a hundred million volume, what does it do the next day? How many so on should, the daily charts? You're what you're you want to, especially as a beginner, you're saying you, you want to maybe track that stock from even before you're putting money out there, you're just you're just kind of yeah. watching it and seeing if you can identify all these variables. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So basically, okay. I mean, look, it sucks like there's tons and tons of free stuff on the internet. You can learn a lot of this stuff for free, but like I mean, obviously yeah. I went through the challenge if you want to given in a specific like nice back catalog from great traders like Tim Grittani and Mark Crook, um, then yeah, you need to go through the challenge. But, um, but what I, so the first three or four months, just get a sense of what makes a stock move and why that's it. Okay. okay. And then after you've understood every single variable and you've got a, a feel of it and sector as well, um, mm-hmm. cause you get different sectors like the shipping sector, right. the biotechnology sector, pharmaceuticals, shopping, which is all going down, airlines. Yeah. Well, not online shopping. That's not going down. Online, uh, for sure. Brick and mortar. Brick and mortar. mortar, That is just, I think, I mean, I'm just seeing that in the town I live in. You know, it's decimated. Yeah, it's it's dying. It's a dying. It's sad. Dying thing. Yeah, I mean, look, I've just moved home and I've just moved, I ordered everything off Amazon next day delivery. It's just easier than going to the shop. You know what I mean? The trading desk and stuff but but so once you've got a, a hang of what makes a stock move and all of the different variables and you understand them then it's always the time to find the pattern that matches and suits and reflects your personality starts with the basic question of are you long or are you short eventually how you long did it take you how long did it take you to find that particular style long long time because on with Tim Sykes on the silver videos and stuff like that. Like obviously you watch other traders and other traders will tell you in real life on a course, on a video lesson, on a DVD, free or paid, whatever, it doesn't matter. Traders will tell you, oh, this is this pattern. 
that is that pattern. Mm -hmm. So you need to find out what the patterns are by watching what a ton of different traders are doing. So Tim Sykes would always say, look, buy the first green day, first green day, dip by first green days. He's got a ton of examples of how to do it. Couldn't dip by the first green day to save me life. <laughs> Messed wow. it up every single time. Can't buy. So first green day is the, on the daily, it's the first yes. green day of the news, right? Okay. Um, I couldn't buy the first green day to save me life. Try and get a good price. I'm buying the, when, the, the, when good news just comes out and the stock's just starting mm. to run, buy yep. the first green day. Roland both can do what it was, excellently. I'm terrible what at was it. You, what, what, was hard about a, what was hard about it for you? Just so I understand. Well, it's not what was hard or what was easy because all of the patterns are easy-ish. I, I can explain them to you on a PowerPoint and say, this candle pattern is this, call this, and this candle pattern is this. First green day is when the news comes out and it gaps up. That's the first green day. Does it close green at the end of the day? That's the first green day. Um, what, was, what I couldn't do is be profitable on it, right? No matter what it is, no matter how much I studied it, no matter how many times I tried, no matter how many times I tried to filter the variables, which we've just gone over the float, the news, the catalyst, right. the silence, I could not intraday daily. I could not buy first green day and make money. Couldn't. Wow. But I could short them. I was very good at shorting first green days. But, but then it's a different pattern. It's called a stock that gaps and fails. It's like a gap fail. Derogatory okay. term is gap and crap. Okay. It comes up in the early hours, yep. and then when the market opens at 9.30, goes all the way down so i'm very good at shorten first green days but they have different names so the the, the you need to basically find out if you're a long or a short ultimately yeah. do you want to buy yeah. these stocks to make money or do you want to short them and i'd say between months three and nine three and twelve you're going to spend that time finding out what kind of trader you are maybe between three and six yeah. months you'll kind of think i'll try long and i'll try short and i'll see Paper trade, yeah, yeah. trade with very small size. Um, you, but between months three and six, you need to be learning what these patterns are. Okay. Because, and then how to trade them. So to give an example of a few patterns, the first green day is when news comes out or whatever and the stock gaps up. And, it, and then it opens at 9.30 and has a big green day, big green candle because it closes at four o'clock higher than what it opened. Right. Or higher than it closed the previous day. That would be a first green day. Uh, first red day is when, say, the stocks run two, one, two, three days. And then it, the, on the next day, it opens and it's gapped down. So it opens lower than the previous day closing price. And then it will drop and have a red candle. And that's the first red day. So you need to learn these patterns. First green day, first red gotcha. day. Uh, gap, and, gap and go, gap yep. and crap. Um, that, that's pretty much it. There's not really that many um, multi-day so, runners, so, multi-day breakouts. So, Stephen, you you're you're listening to Gratani talk about you know finding these, having a profit on the green days, and you attempt to duplicate that, and you bump into it not working for you. And so, is that when you thought I'm going to try to instead short? Yeah, exactly. I mean, first of all, you, you, you look at the traders who are long biased and, and the long traders will say, oh, I trade this bullish pattern, I trade this bullish pattern. Could be first green days, could be multi-month breakouts, could be OTC breakouts, could be 52-week high breakouts. 
could be dip buying panics. They'll say, oh, these are the patterns. And you'll just look at them and think, which one do I think I could be best at? Which pattern do I feel comfortable with trying? Maybe I don't want to dip by panics because it looks too scary and it's too volatile and I'm not going to be quick enough yeah. at that. Maybe yeah. multi-month breakouts, you think, oh, I really see those lines on the daily. I really, do you know yeah. it's just what resonates? What do you get? Yeah, what clicks yeah totally, totally. And when did you realize, when did you realize uh, overall those different patterns? Was it because you began to just see certain patterns quicker than you saw the other patterns that you began to kind of lean into your style? It's just intuition. I mean, first of all, you think I'm a longer, I'm a short. And then basically I was like, no, nah, I'm short. I tried along for six months, lost all the time, all the time. Yeah. So I went yeah. short. And I just, I saw this pattern where I was like, I kind of spotted it from seeing the, the market open over and over and over. Every time the market opened, all these stocks would, they'd either run 50%, oh, this is hypothetical, they'd run 50%, right. or they'd fall 50%. And I'm like, if I can find out of the stocks that gap up like 30% or more, if I can find out which ones run and which ones run 50% and which ones fall 50%, and they generally do it really quickly within the first 30, 40, 50 an hour, minute, hour of the day. I'm like, I can make like 20% on the ones that go down. And I just need to figure out which ones do and avoid the ones that go up. Wow. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, well, I do. it's the most risky, dangerous strategy in the market. Perfect for me because I love gambling. Yep. I make money really quickly. Perfect for me because I'm lazy. <laughs> and... <laughs> But also, it's the most difficult thing to do in the market, arguably. Great for me because I love a challenge. But once I've mastered the challenge, yes. I can be lazy. Yes, yes. So, I hear you. So I hear it, you. It, the pattern reflects everyone else would trade the safer first red days. And I was like, nah, you don't make enough money. It takes too much time. Now yeah. I trade them yep. all, right? You, I've mastered all of the short yeah. patterns pretty much of now. Of course, of course. Do you, um, did you not say at the beginning, I feel like when we first started, when I first came on board with you know, study trade. I feel you said that you were able to meet somebody and then determine what their preferred style is. Am I right about that? Did you say that you could do that? I mean, I don't remember saying it, but I, but it could definitely be something that I would say. Because yeah. a, a, a stock pattern and a trading style totally reflects a personality. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like, um, like Mark Crook is a trader. I've met him a few times. He, he will not take on. He will say like, he will say my strategy. He'll be like, it's, it's taking on unnecessary risk. It's stupid. It's too risky. Why would yeah. you do that? Yeah. But I'd say nothing else excites me than this risk. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Totally. I do. I do. And, you know, it's, it's so interesting, you know, you know, I'm always coming from trying to understand how people tick. And one of the things recently that I've begun to like explore is, I, have you, I don't know if you've heard of attachment style, but, but all of us have a certain kind of attachment style based on, you know, our caretakers or parents when we were little. And the style that we have, the disposition we have, shows up in the way and the kind of relationships we have later and in the kinds of situations we find ourselves in later. So lately, I've been kind of looking at, I would like to know a trader's attachment style to potentially be able to predict where they might potentially, you know, uh, 
default in the way they trade. So I'm still exploring that, but part of what I'm hearing now from you is you knowing yourself enough to realize, okay, I like to have adventure. I like to have risk. Uh, and I can, you know, it's funny because you sometimes, you call yourself lazy and I think you are so not lazy. <laughs> you enjoy your leisure, but that's not the same as being lazy. Like enjoying leisure is, is different than being lazy. You will enjoy your leisure, but after you've worked super, super hard. So yeah, it's, but, but that that pattern suits you and perhaps doesn't suit, you know, some of these other traders you talk, talk to, but their suits them. No, and no, that's you're, their you're... style. But, but you're right though, no, because I mean, I was, I was reading the book of everyone saying goodbye and, and most, a lot of the comments were saying you're the most driven person I've ever met. So it's in, it's in my head a little bit. I just like to play it down, but now I work hard for sure. You do. But, but you the do. attachment style is a, it's a million dollar theory if you break it, because if you can figure out someone's strengths and weakness, well, first, if you can figure out what, I mean, on an education purpose for a new trainer, if you can figure out yeah. what trading style best reflects their personality you can yep. point them in that direction and say, just explore this first because it probably might be the one for you. And if it's not, yeah, try exactly. B and C. Exactly. That's but, what I think. And, and there's another uh, uh, something too. I just got certified and I just spent the last two weeks getting trained in a, a judgment, uh, some, the ability to have, it's able to assess 70 different pieces of somebody's judgment. And so I think this, this is certainly, you know, helping me understand myself more, but ultimately I hope it helps, you know, the traders I work with. If we can understand their judgment, uh, how they, how they, how, what their relationship to their judgment is, then I think that's going to in turn be able to help them also understand that the more you understand yourself, I just feel like the more you're going to potentially be able to go down the path that's going to help you be a successful trader. No, absolutely. I mean, look, if you can tell someone you, your personality has a tendency to, to knock up losses or you tend yeah. to be aggressive, so you really need to work on yes. um, cutting losses. Every trader yeah. needs to work on cutting losses as it happens. But yeah, no, it's an interesting, it's an interesting um, practice or it's an interesting theory to help people in the future. I mean, ulti look, yeah. ultimately, you just need to help people get to know themselves faster. Yeah. Exactly. Right, that's what it all comes exactly. down to. Yeah. Um, how can you make someone but, understand themselves quickly? But don't you think trading is like the perfect place to get to know yourself? Like it's forcing you constantly to have to be with how you look yourself. at the world, how you yourself, how you respond or react to the different, you know, challenges that are put in front of you every day. I mean, I think the best way to explain it is it defines who you are as a person. Yeah. And I hate to say it, it's difficult to say, but there's, there's people who win in life and there's people who lose in life yeah. and it separates them. It separates the winners from the losers. And I don't want that to sound in a gloat way because everyone no, can I win in life that. in different ways. Everyone can win in life in different ways. You yeah, can win by having a sure. perfect family. You can win by being good at trading, but, but it really separates the people who really work hard to the ones who don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that yeah, dedication, sure. like where, where is that dedication? Uh, where is it going to be poured into and even believing in yourself? You know, I, I think this can be, that's a huge thing. This can really be demoralizing. 
frustrating. And because yeah, it, it is. is forcing you to be with the places you're not disciplined or where you are attached uh, to outcomes. And so, you know, I think being able to be perseverant and emotionally kind of uh, strengthened where you can be, not take it personally, that's, that to me seems to be yeah, it's also your suffering tolerance. <laughs> it's also how much you yes. can handle suffering. <laughs> yes, I agree. I <laughs> so agree. How much can you handle suffer without suffering without quitting? And sometimes people can ha- have a high pain threshold. Yes. Yeah, but it. But I mean, look, it's how much you want it as well, right? Because yeah, I don't want to say sure. someone who quits early is a bad person. Maybe they just don't yeah. want it much, or maybe it's just not for yeah. them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for there's sure. Nothing wrong or with there's not something else. You bad. Or there's something else that become is their passion, you know. Like I, yeah. I think, I think you've said that many times. If this, this, you can't do this if you don't feel it's for you. Like if you don't really enjoy it or feel like it suits you, don't do it. Like you have to be so de- dedicated. You can't do this kind of half-assed. Yeah, but and, and also it doesn't have to be your passion straight away, right? You don't have to be like, because Tim Bowen's like, oh. Mm. I was reading the New York Times when I was seven or whatever he says, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you don't have to be like that. Like I didn't The Wall Street know. Journal. Yeah. Like he's like, oh, I, re- I read it when I was six and I learned how to read for the first yeah. time or whatever. Like, you don't have to be reading the Wall Street Journal yes. when you're a child. Um, I've uh, still so never, funny. I've never read the Wall Street Journal in my life. Right. Like, and I never will probably, I don't want to read it. I don't care. <laughs> You do care. You do care. You're just getting don't your information someplace else. No, you, I don't you're getting care about your whatsoever. You you because you're part of the modern generation. You're able to get what what he gets from the Wall Street Journal online by reading the SEC filings. For God's sake, you need you're, to put a girl on TikTok telling us it, and maybe on TikTok with <laughs> some girls doing dancing, and then telling us a girl in bikini. A girl in bikini. on on TikTok. <laughs> All right. uh, So zero zero to three months, understand the variables. Three to six months, begin to get clear on what patterns potentially suit you. And then about a year into it or more, what then? Yeah, I'd say so. Depending on how fast you learn between like what what you're obviously going to be starting, like the most important thing is you're going to be start trading. So once you start trading and you start trialing these patterns, you need to organize, you need to basically organize um, a document, whether it's a PowerPoint or an it's an Excel, and you need to find out what you're good and bad at, right? So you think, okay, I like the first green day pattern. I like the panic dip buy pattern, or I like the multi-month breakout pattern. Maybe if you're adventurous and you've got time, you want to try three patterns at the same time, or maybe if you want to be careful, because first green day might come once a week, right? So you might right. only trade one trade if you only trade to explore one pattern. But you don't even need to trade. You just need to write down in an Excel, this is the first green day pattern because it fits these criteria. Yeah. It gaps up, then it goes that day. Or any stock, maybe you could just track on Excel every stock that gaps more than 25%. Which ones have green days? Which ones have red days? And then you start thinking, okay, the ones that have red days you write down how much volume did it have? What's the float? What's the sector? What's the news? What's the SEC and the dilution? And then if you write down all the gappers that fail and all of the variables that go with it, if you track them, the volume was this, the float was this, the filing said this, the news was this, the sector is this. If you do that for every stock that gaps above 25%, 25% 
what you're going to find is in a month, you can look at that data and say, well, wow, look at some of the ones with this news run, but the ones with yeah. this news didn't run. But the ones with this volume and this float, they ran. And, but the, and this volume and this sector somehow works and this volume and this sector doesn't. And you start picking things up and then all of a sudden, before you know it, you're like, I've saw seven of this type of stock run. Yes, yes. So the eighth one, probably is going to run yep yeah and it's and it's just as simple as that it's it's the familiarity but it's not as simple it's dead dead difficult to find that out it's like a recognition um, a recognition of those patterns so that you can begin to see it and then predict when those all those variables are in place yeah and and also obviously you got to think most importantly, probably as well as the intraday pattern pre-market before the market opens. So if you've got, what you want to do is say, okay, first green day is, say you want to track all the stocks that got up and have a green day. What did they do pre-market? Did they trade a million pre-market volume? Did they trade 3 million pre-market volume? Uh, and then you look at intraday, well, what did they do? Did the did the wash at the open and double bottom and make a higher low than the run? Do those intraday patterns work with the first green day daily pattern do you have to and then you think what's the best time to buy them and then to do that you need to save all the charts so the best you need to work out the ones that work the first green days that work which they'll have an intraday pattern that that pattern works but all of the other patterns don't work so what you need to do is say right i'm going to save the charts of the daily and the intraday i'm going to save every single first green day pattern that works and I'm going to save all of the charts during the day as well. And then you're going to, you're going to see similarities in the intraday patterns. Look, that is repeatedly a good, safe place to buy. Yes. That one yes. seems a bit dangerous. Yes. Yes. So, so, so this, the tracking has to start right at the very beginning is what I'm hearing. You have to keep track. Right from the beginning. Like six months in, because you don't know what you're keeping track of in the beginning. So you need yeah, to learn that's the true. variables, what okay. makes a stock move. Then you need to learn the types of patterns, bullish right. and bearish, long and short. Then you need to master one pattern, yeah. which feels best as ref- a best reflection of your personality. And then it's yep. a case of saving charts and categorizing yep. them. These are the intraday charts for first green day. These are the intraday charts for first red day. These are the inter- And then you need to find the place. What, in, from your intuition, looking at the charts, what do you feel comfortable buying? At what point on the intraday do you think all these stocks work that double bottom here? Yeah. Or that make the double bottom and higher lower. The ones that reclaimed the VWAP, the, five of them went and one of them failed. So I'm definitely going to buy the VWAP reclaim the next time. Gotcha. And, and you'll develop a style that works. Remind me what VWAP means again. Um, the volume weighted average price. So it's like kind of VWAP is just an indicator of where the average of where the trades were that day. Okay. And the candles go above VWAP and below. So if they go below VWAP, it means a lot of the buyers are underwater and in, in red. And if it's above VWAP, it means the buyers are in control, but the shorts are underwater. Depending wow. on where the candle that's... is in relation to the VWAP. But that's I mean, good. that's a lot, it's a ton of information. Um, yeah. But, and I can maybe, I can add an attachment to show you potentially how you save the charts and, and how you track the yeah. formulas. And I'd I can love give to me, see that. 
but also just the profit and loss. You need to keep a track on Excel. Um, what patterns work? What am I making money on and what am I losing money? Even if you pay by trading, when I try the first green day pattern, I lose all the time. When I try the first red day, I make money all the time. So what shall I do? Stop trading the first green day pattern because it doesn't work right. for us. Right, right. And when did you, how would you say, how long till you were crystal clear for yourself that your style was your style? Um, I think I traded about 12 months or 13 months, 14 months, something like that, trying different long patterns. And I just kept on losing trading, but stocks that gapped up, I just kept on losing buying them and it all went down. So everything that I thought would go up went down. So I just shifted yeah. me bias and I said, I'm going to work out. I'm just going to short the ones that go down. And then I started tracking all of the stocks that gap up and go down and all of the stocks that gap up and go up. And I started working out which variable helps it go higher and which variable helps it go lower. And yeah. over time, I just knew the sectors that would fail on the stocks that, that gap up. I knew the type of volume that would fail. I knew the floats that would fail. I knew the dilution that would fail. And then I knew how they're all interlinked and work together. The interdate, how it fails. And then I worked out how they all work in different combinations. And then you just, so ah, cool. there's the combination. This one's going to go down. This is the yeah. combination. This is going to go up. These are mixed combinations. Might go down, might go up. I'll just give it more time to show its cards. Do you know totally. what I mean? I do. I do. That's so cool. That's, I think that's amazing that 12 or 13 months in, is when you got it. I think that's a no, really no, no. short amount of time. No, 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 well, no, no, got no. got I, got your I, style. Got your style. I knew the style I was looking for. It took another two years to really nail it. Really, down. wow! Yeah, because all the variables have got different combinations of how they work with each other. So I found okay. the pattern in about fifteen yeah. months. I thought, look, I know okay. all the patterns. This yeah. one's for my personality. It's like I found okay. my partner, right? I found my partner. Yeah, exactly. I was looking, Absolutely. I was on Tinder, and I'm like, this one, this exactly. Um, exactly. I found me partner, I found me partner after 15 months. And, and like any good marriage, it's rocky for the first two years. Do you know what yes. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like any good marriage, it's, it's rocky for the first two years. And it takes you a couple of years to iron those creases out. <laughs> and the arguments totally. are the big losses. Uh, when she totally. leaves you, that's totally. the big loss. That's that's your that's your you're making the argument for my concept of attachment style might have something to do with the patterns that straighter stick sticks with. But we'll have to test this out with you. I'll give you an attachment assessment so we can find out your attachment style, and then let's see if that matches your trading style. I'm happy to take. I mean, that's a whole other episode in itself, right? We're gonna do exactly the episode and, and see where it goes. It is. For it sure. is. All right. So, so is there? Should we recap? Do you, should we? Should we bring it home? Yeah. No. For sure. So just, just straight up. First three months are learning what, 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 what the variables are, because okay. that's what makes a stock move and how much it will move. Three to nine months, I'd say, is finding the personality or finding the partner or the pattern that matches your style, because you'll build it right. So you'll have one pattern that you trade that works then you'll master it then you'll have another one that you learn and master and you'll have another one and then then you know all of the patterns and you're the master of all but you only learn one pattern at a time kind of you only master one at a time um so then three to nine months is finding the pattern that meets matches your personality 
And then, then you've probably got, unless you're very, very talented, you've got about a 12, 12 month stretch of mastering that pattern. Yeah. And, and mastering how every variable effect, it all affects the impacts pattern. Impacts it. Yeah. Impacts Makes it, sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Then, all right. So, then, so it's a combination of being in front of the market and also spending the time listening to, uh, you know, his, his audio and listening. Traders, uh, traders, anyone? Because look, yeah. you can learn from the ones that lose as well, right? Yeah, like, for sure. Like, like, like any manager in life, like any manager yeah. in who you've had, you've been managed by people, I've been managed from people. Best advice yeah. I've ever given is um, learn what the great managers do well and learn, what, learn from the bad managers and don't do what they do. Totally, totally. This is awesome. It really, it really helps me feel more honed in on where to put the time that I have when I do have it uh, to get to get to the next level. You know, I feel a little like I'm slow moving because you know my day job is so busy. But the point is, this is really good to just have. Okay, I feel like I have some my arms wrapped around what I can. It's do. levels, right? It's levels. Yeah, it is beginner, levels. The beginner Absolutely. level. The, advanced beginner and then the 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 intermediate the beginner beginner. beginner 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 like arguably i'm still a beginner honestly and arguably we're all kind of beginners except them crazy hedge fund people who make the millions yeah this is true but that's a that's a big brain that's like 15 or 20 guys whose brains are all working together so it's not the same as one person no, this but, was but, really fun, Stephen. This was a good episode. Yeah, no, I'm I really, think, I feel I understand it. Have my arms wrapped around it more. Thank you. But I, th- I think it can help a lot of people. I think I think because look, the worst thing is just first year. You're like, I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm doing all this studying, but it's, don't know. It's not going anywhere. But then, totally. if you can think, ah, I'm, I'm here. Oh, ah, I'm I'm past that, and I'm now here. Oh, look, I've just got to the next level then it's okay. going to really put in the context of where you are in terms of making it. Because like we say, I can, you can look at a trader and be like, you're about six months away from making it. You can just see yeah. by the knowledge and what they know and what they're saying and how they're reading things. Are you yeah. gonna, someone, someone's making calls in a chat room and you're like, you've got no clue what you're doing, <laughs> but you think you do. And that's even more, if someone thinks that they know what they're doing and they don't know what they're doing, that's even more of a sign that they don't know what they're doing. If totally. You know I, mean. I would agree. I would agree. The good ones are the humble uh, ones. The good traders, yeah. I swear, are the humble ones. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, and I would think that that would be the case for life as well, right? The people who are yeah, who are probably time. having a, a bigger, a more stable life are the ones who probably are a little less, uh, you know. Look, I mean, big for their honest, brit- not big for their britches. <laughs> no, but but no, no, no. But honestly, though, um, I mean, even with me, about six years ago, I would I needed a lot of attention, and I needed mm-hmm. to make people laugh. It needed to make mm. people laugh because it made me feel good. Yeah. But now once you get to a certain level of you've achieved certain things and you have some confidence and you've done what other people can't do, then all of a sudden you're a little bit quieter in the room. Now you're a little bit more quiet because you're a little bit more shrugged and you don't need it anymore. You don't need that reassurance. Yeah. Or is it just an age thing? Or is an age thing a direct correlation that the people have had success? Well, I think it's possible that you know, look, needing to make people laugh in a room is ultimately about being seen, right? And I, I think that's yeah. a human need. So I, I think when we're younger, 
we, we're not quite yet sure in who we are and, and we're not quite yet sure or comfortable with the needs we do have. So sometimes we seek them outside of ourselves and they don't always get met. And, and yeah. so, you know, when, when I see that somebody who's trying to get everybody to laugh, there's a part of me that has empathy for them. Like what's, what is really at hand here? They're just trying to be acknowledged. They're just trying to have community. You know, it's not, there's nothing wrong with that, but no, it's but just sometimes that mess, it yeah. will kind of. There's a need not it, it, It's something though, yeah. not correct. Correct. So okay. instead of like making somebody wrong, it's like, well, and, and I think as we age, we potentially get better or more successful getting our needs met yeah. in that, you know, don't show up publicly when we walk into a room. That's all. But then bullies, they're the worst of everyone, right? What's going on in yeah. a bully's head? Yeah, well, those bullies are people who were really not allowed to have any of their needs in their childhood. They, they, were, they were shamed for any of their basic human needs to the point where they began to be so internally hostile to themselves that it spills out on everybody else. Ultimately, a bully is a person, the way they're talking to you or bullying you is the way they were bullied and the way they bully yeah, themselves. Yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, it's so true. But it's there, they're just reflecting their inner world on other people from what they've experienced, Absolutely. right? They're just reflecting what their experiences on. Because it's, in, a, in a way, it's all they know. And in a way, it's it makes them correct. feel better to do to someone else what they've had done to them. So they're not the correct. only one, right? Correct. That's exactly it in a nutshell. So, so that's why, you know, crazy. it's hard to have empathy for a bully when you're on the receiving end. But if you can begin to separate yourself, that it's really not about you. It's about them and their pain. And they, they ha- that's how somebody talked to them when they were little. That's how somebody treated them when they were little. And that's really hard on a child because if your basic needs, you're made to feel ashamed about them. I mean, you're a human being, you're going to have needs, but if you're shamed for having needs, then you're going to really struggle with the journey of your life. Yeah. It's about, it's about being educated and being, and being woken up thinking, hang on, I have this, it's, I'm repeating a negative cycle, right? You need to, the body needs to be woken up or whoever it is, if you've got something wrong, it's like, you need to be woken up to think, hang on, I don't feel good about this and I'm passing it on. So it's about breaking the cycle, being educated yeah. enough to break the cycle before it passes on to too many people. But what needs to be also present is a willingness, you know, for somebody to say that to themselves, you need to not make yourself feel ashamed for that. And people that have, yeah. are kind of bullies, they don't know how to develop themselves because they always make themselves so ashamed for being wrong. So it's like, how do you change? Well, you have to first be able to accept the fact that you're not perfect and not make yourself feel bad about it. And nobody else is as well. And that's why the world's all going wrong right now. I mean, but I'll never forget. I've got a friend on Instagram and I'll not say his name, trading friend. His life looks perfect all the time with his wife and stuff like that. And then he told us the other day, he was like, it's like, yeah, it's been a very difficult year. Marriage is tough. And I was like, your Instagram doesn't reflect that, mate. It looks brilliant. (laughs) Because our culture rewards people for having what looks like a perfect life. But, and then, and then most of us compare ourselves to that and we feel ashamed because why? Well, God, look at them. They seem to got it going on and I don't. 
But that's why, you know, it's so important to realize that people have been culturally conditioned to only show the, the wins and not to show the pain. Because that's part of why. The praise is the cultural conditioning. They got the well, it's not the just praise. The, you look so good. Yes, yes, praise, but also because they're desperate to have some sort of acknowledgement. You know, they just want to be seen too. So it, it's not like a, a bad motive. It's just as if being seen by people uh, makes you who you are, but it doesn't make you who you, you are. Nah, the, what I've come to learn, and it's helped us massively. I mean, I'm back in Newcastle now. It's the first time in 10 years I've been here without anxiety. Just because I've sorted it out. Wow. And wow. No, not That's on any drugs great. or anything like that. I've been off drugs for a That's few months now. Because I used to chat to you and you used to, you used to be like, oh, <laughs> this is a bit scary. But you, like, you saw that some of me worst, right? So, but um, one of the big I lessons... was just I was just scared because I could see, and and this is part of what I want I wanted to say before. Like you spoke to that Instagram friend, your willingness to speak out loud to people about the places you were challenged took tremendous courage, because you never ever pretended like things were better than they were. You were so honest on this podcast before I even yeah. came on. I watched some episodes. You were always honest about the, and that's part of what I think endears you to people, your willingness to be vulnerable, your willingness to be honest and not paint this like easy, pretty picture that's bullshit. Yeah, but I mean, look, it comes down to your drive and, um, and your purpose and because you've got to have a purpose. And my purpose is just, to help people it's as simple as that obviously i want to do well in the process i want to sure. do well for myself <clears throat> but my purpose really is just to sp if i'm going to commit time to something i want to do well and i want other people to do well and that's my purpose in life because when other people do well it makes me feel good so it's win-win totally but, so everything that you do should reflect your purpose so giving people false perspectives not telling the truth but i mean look as a person i've never just believed in glamorizing i've never believed Either like you yeah. like us or you don't, right? And I, you're the, I think you're pretty much the same. It's like, there's no point. There's no point. But you know what? We both are very lucky because that tells us both that we have a certain level of sense of worthiness that is, allows us. We can afford to let people see uh, our humanity. And not you everybody think, can afford that. Yeah, we, think we definitely there's a, do. Under a level of confidence where you think... If yes. It's not confidence, but it's like, it's not it's, confidence. It's worthiness. People won't like them or something. People I, will yes. think, oh, if I show me they true self, they I'll won't be, be loved. They won't be worthy of love. Totally. That is absolutely what is connected to people who don't want to show you their vulnerability. It's if you watch Brene Brown's talk on Ted, the power of vulnerability, it's an 18 minute talk. Can't say enough about it. Uh, she explains. It, I will. I will. We'll I make have, sure uh, we link it. I have a little too. bit of uh, time these days. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'll job. send it. I'll definitely watch I it. Send it on like WhatsApp it. or whatever. I will. But yeah, but, I will. But ju just the last thing is it's also the most important, one of the most important things I learned is it's not about, you don't get your happiness from what other people think. You get your happiness from internally the, the, the thought patterns that you have about yourself. Yeah. And then how you project them will help everyone else anyway. Because if you're good inside, you've got that good positive energy and it's reflecting and no one likes, everyone likes someone with good energy. So you'll be liked anyway as a byproduct, but totally, it's about what's inside out, not what's outside coming in. And that was a massive thing 
that I still work on. Always yeah, work on you me, to, me, and, uh, me inside. Not, a lot of people yeah. don't, and that's why they've got shit insides and the reflex bars, right? The people who don't well, need you we, we all need to. We all need we all to. Definitely and, need and, to. And, and that's the key is realizing that we're all, I just kind of feel like if we're still alive, then we have work to do on ourselves. You know, we have, a, we have ways to kind of look at like, wow, how do I react or do I respond? Am I treating in my life with my family members, with my partner, with my boss? You know, like if you react and not respond, then it's like, oh, maybe I can look and self-reflect and find what is triggering me and not make it wrong or make myself wrong, but just get curious about, I wonder where that came from, that reaction, and then try to look at it and find a way to heal it. Yeah. And there's, look, there's a lot of good and positive energy and negative energy. And there's a lot of things that will bring you down and and bring you up. So it's a constant process of self-work to think, don't want that, want this. That was bad, but so make sure it doesn't affect you inside because you don't want, that, you don't what, want that repeating and changing the, or distorting the lens of reality that, that you've then correct. got. It's about it, the, one of the, one of the sh- uh, shamanistic train, you know, teachings is it's the wolf that you feed is the one that's going yeah, to take over your life. A very like, nice, it's a very nice one. So the, it's not just the ego and eliminating the ego. It's not, it's like, Correct. It's the wolf that you feed. It's not the ego. And now oh, you've got to kill the ego and the ego is evil. No, it's the ego's all right no. if you feed it the right, if you feed Stop. it with the right knowledge and information. Exactly. Which one do you feed? And that's wolf, what, you know. Say it we, again. That's really, really good. It's, it's which wolf do you feed? They talk about, you know, the, the wolf that's kind of the healthy wolf. It, I, I'll get the exact quote for the blog post, but it's, there's going to be the, the dark wolf and there's going to be the, you know, the, the kind of, uh, more remember i talked about the capital e ego the lowercase e ego and it's that which one are you going to feed the the capital e ego is kind of your higher self you know the lower e Ah, ego is the one that is dependent on the trappings of success like you know having a label or the successful pocketbook or you know like all those things are the or or having to win every time like the capital e ego is like okay i didn't win I'm not going to make myself wrong, but I'm going to learn so that I can take that into the next uh, situation. But, but there's like, say, I mean, it's funny because we're going through like almost, I know that there's like, there's eight centers, right? But uh, they're not yeah, centers. The chakras. In this, in chakras. This, the chakras. There's eight chakras, but I'm not talking about that, but it just reminds us because you've got your brain that thinks, and then you've got the lower a ego, which is very easy to feed, but then you've got to push above that to the higher a ego. Be like, nah, totally. this is the one. It takes a bit more work. It's easy to feed the, the lower E. Like, it's easy totally to eat easy. junk food and drink and escape reality. It's easier totally. to do that. You've got to do the harder totally. work for the long term. Totally true. That's what The Matrix is such a great movie because, you know, Morpheus gives him the choice. Do you want the red pill or the blue pill? Like, ultimately, we are choosing every single day the red or the blue pill. Yeah. And look, and the good thing about the brain and the mind is if you choose the wrong pill too many times in a row, you will feel like shit. And you'll think, need need to do a bit more work and choose the other pill because I'm not happy when I take the easy option. I agree. And then when you take the other pill, you start thinking, sure, I feel pretty good. feel pretty good this morning. (laughs) Must have been that work I did on myself yesterday, whether it's 30-minute meditation or some breathing or whatever it is. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. 
Uh, this was a, this was this was an unexpected uh, part two of our episode today. So this was fun. Yeah, no, fun. it's super cool. We'll we'll definitely have to rewrite the introduction, and it's it's a, <laughs> it's the basics of trading, and it's just the basics of life. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. It's awesome. All right, so we'll say we'll say goodbye to our our lovely audience. Yeah. they'll be left in the cloud somewhere (laughs) exactly exactly uh so we'll see you all next time on the steady trade podcast steven johnson kim ann curtin saying aloha and a hooey ho for now